0: From InsureTech Ireland, this is InsureTech Radio. I'm Connor Sweetman, and this week is part two with Georgia Halston of Halston Marketing.
1: Instead of just the same old bump that everyone else is doing,
0: that seems to be a bit of a theme with. This conversation, I suppose, even the, you starting your business, you're you're going into a sector that is underserved by B2B uh, marketing companies, and then you're also t- you're saying to them, look, yeah, this is what uh, everyone else is doing, and that's exactly the reason why we should go in the opposite direction. Does so? You set up Reg Tech Talks that seems to be kind of a little bit unusual or unorthodox uh, in its approach from a uh, marketing standpoint. What is Reg Tech Talks, first of all?
1: Um, okay, so RegTech Talks is a technology initiative um, that we launched in May as part of Leeds Digital Festival, and it's um, a culmination of events, content, research, um, and just a bit of a hub to talk about RegTech. Um, RegTech um, is regulation technology, so any technology that's being developed to ease um regulatory compliance in very heavily regulated industries and i don't mean to circumvent regulation i mean to make it more efficient because compliance to regulation can be an arduous process um particularly in the more um archaic or established industries and just making sure that you are in um, in line with your industry uh, regulations can can be a lot of manpower a lot of hours um and if you don't comply there can be a hell of a lot of fines as well
0: and what was the catalyst for you starting regtech talks
1: so um i started to i think regtech came out as a term and for me it's kind of annoying because it came out it's like the little brother of fintech <laughs> which is Really, not what reg tech is, because every industry has some sort of regulatory compliance. It's not just finance. The reason that people think that it's just about finance is because the fines in finance, if you get it wrong, can are obviously a lot worse than in most other industries. But if you look at something like life sciences, if you look at pharmaceuticals or um, medical devices, the manufacturing of medical devices there's so many more regulations that they have to look at than there are in things like the selling of a credit card. Um, There are multi-factors to uh, bringing a new molecule to market as a pharmaceutical product, for example. Mm. Um, And the reason that I really got into that is because every industry that we work with, Is heavily regulated from construction, manufacturing of anything, manufacturing of anything that goes in your body specifically, food, drinks, um, pharmaceuticals, it goes on your skin, cosmetics, anything that you're, if you're manufacturing, anything like that, there are so many regulations that you have to deal with. Um and life sciences was one of the industries that we really got um, involved with at an early stage as well and speaking to these clients every single time we spoke to them oh we've got uh, this audit to deal with or that you know we have to make sure that we're implementing audit trails on every single thing that we do and it was a pain point for every single industry that we were working with and this comes back to how you create your marketing strategy and you look at those industries that you're working with you isolate their pain points and you try and come up with a solution for that now as a marketing agency i don't have a solution for the issues that these companies have with their regulatory compliance all i can do is say well we'll we'll do some marketing and speak to your target industries but that's not going to help the guy in the back that spends 100 of his of his time ticking boxes and doing forms and all that, that horrible stuff so Um, in a bid to speak to those uh, industries on a level that I know is is really um, poignant for them, I thought, why don't we start RegTech Talks? Let's talk about regulatory compliance. Let's talk about those super heavily regulated industries, create the conversation about it. And actually, let's unearth some of those technologies that are coming out um, that really um, are making efficiencies. So... That puts me in the position where I'm. I am offering a bit of a solution to one of the biggest issues that most of our clients and potential clients are looking at.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and how? Like, what have you? What have you learned from uh, from doing it?
1: Um, well, we've learned that um, as a term, reg tech is very confusing for people. <laughs> Um, but I don't mind and I, I know that um, that it is going be um, it, it is going to be one of those things that people are talking about and I want to own it now so that we are at the forefront of reg tech before um, everyone's trying to own it. Yeah. Um, so we, we wanted to position ourselves as the authority in reg tech so you know if I'm having an open opening conversation with someone in manufacturing, um i can say to them oh yeah i understand your uh, your industry not only do i understand your industry and your target audiences and the way to market it i understand that you have to deal with these really horrible things um and i also know a guy who has an iot platform that can make sure that your operation is 100 percent compliant 100 percent of the time um and we, we we're using technology to do that
0: and how many events have you run so far
1: so we've run three. Uh, the first one, we had um, a, an array of different speakers. We did have a, a reg tech company called Record Show, um, and they are in fintech, those guys. Um, and we had Squire Pat and Boggs talk about law and the regulatory compliance issues in law, and the big fines and all that kind of stuff. Um, we had um, a company called Your Special Delivery Service, who are a Swedish-based, uh, really specialist um, delivery company. They do everything from cryogenics to human tissue to explosives. Um yeah. Fine art and all that kind of stuff. So really specialist, and they were talking about how that the technology needs to be completely interoperable from um, not only um, the regulation of what type of goods can be um sent to different regions and the regulations of of those goods within those regions but also the, there's a layer of regulation around the goods themselves so if it's pharmaceutical goods um and they need to remain at uh, ambient room temperature the whole time of their journey and um, that's another level level of regulation so they were talking about how there are loads of different systems and how they all need to come together um so that was a really good sort of first event. Um, the next event we did was RegTech for Good. Uh, and that was about um, how technology can be brought to, um to make things more sustainable. Uh, so we mm-hmm. had a company called Disposal, who are based in Manchester, and they're so cool. So they've got this platform where you can track your uh, industrial waste. Um, and it's like an asset repository um, platform where you can track every single step of the way from when you get rid of your waste right through to where it's finally disposed of.
0: And is there um, bits of, pieces uh, of hardware that are in the process? How does it work?
1: Completely varies depending on on who um, who they're working with. So it can be sort of uh, live tracked. <laughs> or it can just be to do with the, the documentation.
0: And what was the event you ran last month?
1: Uh, so the event that we ran last month was RegTech and the energy sector. Now, the energy sector is another one that's really close to my heart just because the things that are happening in the energy sector, um, sustainability, climate change, those kind of things are absolutely pinnacle to every conversation, political um, or economical Every conversation is pivotal around those kind of conversations now. So, um, the energy sector is just so many interesting things are happening. It's all centered around technology.
0: So, who did you have at the event?
1: So, we had. um, I think that the best way to describe the uh, the conversations might be to maybe introduce you a little bit to the actual. Uh, regulations that they have to come up against okay um so first of all there's regulations around the actual production of energy so we're talking power stations Mm. um and the the main issue the main regulation they have to come up against is um the large combustion plant directive um, the large
0: combustion plant directive, large,
1: combust- large combustion plant directive, and that was that came in in two thousand and actually finished in two thousand sixteen. <sighs> now it's the industrial emissions uh, directive, um, and that's particularly specific to the reduction of NOx, um, nitrous oxides emissions, uh, specifically to coal, um, coal fired power stations. Okay. Um, so we had this company called Ebifile. Everyfile is such a cool cloud based uh, platform. Um, and again, it's a, an asset repository platform where you're able to put in all of your um, regulatory uh, documentation. But what makes Everyfile so cool? Um, and they gave us actually um, a case study of Drax Power Station, uh, which and that's in uh, North Yorkshire. And they gave us this case study of how they had implemented this platform through um, sensor data. So across the whole uh, of the power station, there's real-time sensor data being fed into the platform that um, allows for Drax Power Station to understand um, the efficiency of their turbines um, to ensure that um, they are working as efficiently as possible and they're working within um, regulatory limits. So they don't have to have a guy come and check every day and look, whatever. Um, They know that they are within regulatory limits in real time. Um, And listening to Luke, Luke uh, Luke Allen, speaking about what they've done at Drax was absolutely mind-blowing. And Drax themselves as a company, they're looking to be um, carbon negative by 2030. And for an energy production company they're going to the biomass and all that kind of stuff and they're sort of obviously moving away from coal, 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 coal um but for an energy production company to be um to be carbon not just carbon neutral but carbon negative is, is a massive goal for those guys and um, it's just really interesting to hear about that company
0: yeah that's extraordinary
1: <laughs> so that's the like the production side mm. Um the then you have to think about, um, providers. So energy providers, uh, it's a bit of a wild West out there right now. Um, anyone can be an energy provider. Uh, you and I Luke, tomorrow, we could, um, we, we could go and make our own, uh, energy, uh, provider company if we wanted to. Uh, and then, do it. Uh, yeah, we could, we could go and do that. Um, and OffGem has started to really crack down on these uh, sort of uh, cowboy companies. Um and one of the biggest um questions that came up in that conversation was are off gem being a little bit too harsh on these newcomers? Because actually, um it's really good for any kind of economy to diversify because if you have that really stagnant big four, like we did in the energy sector, mm. it's never good for the consumer. It's always great for the consumer when there's some new blood coming in, you know, driving prices up and down and, and you know, bringing in a bit of disruption, but actually it's not been that good for the consumer because, um, off has had to come in and make sure that these smaller companies are, are properly looking after their, their customers. Um, and the, there's actually been so many companies been um, sort of gone into collapse over the, the last 12 independent suppliers were collapsed over the last two years. Um,
0: well, the the knock-on effect of that is that consumers don't have heat or electricity or whatever.
1: Well, it's... The, the, There was um there was a company called Solar Placity, for example. Mm -hmm. Um and those guys, um, off gem were like, You're not paying um your renewables obligation, which I'll explain in a second. Um and they just sort of, you know, they they just fined them into the ground and they were like, Right, well, we can't run as a company anymore. And then there was another company called Toto Energy who came in and bought some of the um the customers and the other ones were distributed within other uh, companies so you'll never be left without heat or, or electricity but you may be left out of pocket because that company's mm. sort of gone into administration and and you've had to pay out all of these bills so that's not good for the consumer mm. uh, and the consumer care is always at the the core of what though do and um, the renewable obligation is one of the the biggest um regulatory compliance issues in the um, energy supplier market. Um, so they and,
0: get renewable obligation, you said?
1: Yeah. So cool. uh, basically, um, anyone who's licensed um, to supply electricity, gas or anything, um, they have um, a renewable obligation, which is to source a proportion of that um, electricity or uh, from a renewable supply. So obviously, um, solar or, or wind. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. And a lot of those smaller companies were really not coming up uh, with the renewable obligations and they were just getting fined. And um, there's actually been another, I think it was like in October time, there were four companies that off was like saying, like right, you're going to risk losing your license if you don't, um, if you don't pay, it, pay us your renewable obligation fines. And um, mm-hmm. so they're really, really serious about it. One of them, was called um robin hood energy and they were actually uh, a supplier that were established by nottingham city council so it was actually a local authority had come up with this same um, spin-off um energy supplier company thinking oh we'll make sure that all of the people within our, our um our area are are, are, are using this uh, robin hood energy um, name. come up with the regulatory um Compliance around the renewable obligations, and they currently they're owing about nine million pounds. Wow! To Ofgem. And Offgem are like, no, I don't care if you're a um, local authority, you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. We, we're gonna, we're gonna shut you down. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say it's a bit of a, a wild west within the uh, the energy provider market, there really are companies popping up and then dropping out, sort of every month now, um, and that is not good. Uh, so um so
0: then what are the what uh what are the solutions then to that from a tech point of view
1: um so we didn't actually have um a ng provider um speaking but the conversation around it the the questions in the, the debate that came up because everyone who who was there was um very knowledgeable on it and actually we did have a guy from northern gas and power and they they do supply um energy and what they said was you know those smaller companies they need to just be dealt with the same as the bigger companies no one should be allowed to you know fall under the radar everyone should have to deal with the renewable obligations um everyone should have to deal with the same kind of um, regulatory compliance it doesn't matter if it stops the diversification of the market um there's no way that you can put consumers at risk like that so, in terms of reg tech there's not really a lot that technology can do to to make sure that those companies are, are doing what they should be doing apart from um, some of the technology that offgem themselves have implemented um, to make sure that they are actually um on top of whoever is not actually paying their fines and their bills and everything
0: so it sounds like, it sounds like by doing reg tech talks you 've really um, you started to make a good impact in terms of bringing awareness around these issues and also helping your clients deal with any um, uh, potential pitfalls. Um, So what are your plans for it in the future?
1: So um, the next RegTech talks that we're going to do, I think, will be RegTech in the life sciences industry. Um, That will be quarter one. 2020 um and that's just because life science is it's so massive it's so important um and when I first introduced RegTech talks it was quite an emotional pitch because I think that everyone who's heavily regulated is regulated for a reason you know if you're selling staples you've not got as, as many regulations as if you're selling a new cancer drug and I feel like we sh- if you are heavily regulated, you shouldn't be complaining about it. You should be honoured that you are because it means that you're doing something really important. It means that you are one of the institutions that makes our society work. Law, finance, um, manufacturing, construction, like these things, they need to be regulated because they're so important and they need to be done properly. The, the quality control of this stuff needs to be looked at from an outside point of view um and life sciences is such a huge one And technology med tech biotech biosimilars some of the amazing stuff that's happening um it's hard for the regulators to actually keep up with some of the stuff that's happening so i think a, um, a conversation around the latest and um, technology and um, in med tech would just be I mean, even if it's just me in the audience, I can say that. We'll <laughs> talk about that all day. Uh, hopefully, there will be other people who will find that interesting as well. Yeah, but uh, it
0: sounds about you could probably have several talks on some of these uh, on some of these topics.
1: I know. It's just a matter of uh, making sure that we get things organized. And, mm-hmm. uh,
0: <laughs> so what do you aim for? The one talk per
1: quarter, is it? Yeah. So we're trying to aim for one uh, event per quarter, but. Um, we, all, we also are going to do reg tech in the manufacturing sector, and that's, I feel like it's going to be our uh, flagship event for the year because manufacturing is, is just so interesting. And again, I know I've said it before, but technology is absolutely disrupting the way that we manufacture. Um, we've got a really cool IOT client who are um, implementing their platform across manufacturing uh, facilities. And not only is the real time data like every file um, being stored and processed on the cloud, there's some super cool uh, machine learning that, um, algorithms that these guys have written to look at energy consumption so you look at energy consumption within um a manufacturing facility um and um the algorithm is being fed with that real-time data to allow you to look at predictive maintenance of uh things like operation lines so if you look like a, a production line and you look at the um energy factors that it's being that uh, using to run that um that production line and if there's any anomalies oh this production line is, is um it's using up way more power than it should do what part of it is is the issue oh there's um there's a converter inside or there's a component that's not working properly not only can you look at how everything uh, the the energy management of your plant in real time from from, from one dashboard you can look at when you may have to actually bring um, bring someone in to maintain that stuff. And mm-hmm. they're doing the same in retail. Um, so I, I just, again, I could sit and talk about this for, for hours and hours. Um, and we're definitely going to have uh, that client come and speak about manufacturing and reg tech in the manufacturing sector. Because it's just, what these companies are doing is just so, so interesting. Um and um, we're thinking about doing that as an event at um, Manchester Digital City Festival. So it's the first one that they're doing in Manchester and it's going to be in March. Um, and it's run by uh, Prolific North and Don't Panic Events. Um, and it's going to be a week long. There's like a, a two day conference during the week um, and awards and loads of other stuff. And there's loads of fringe events. So the have to come and do a RegTech talks uh, in Manchester as part of that festival. And I think that's going to be my big. Um, manufacturing crescendo uh, <laughs> at the uh, Digital City Festival. Uh, I honestly can't wait. I'm just trying to furiously get in touch with as many manufacturers as possible and say, hey, you have to come to this because I know what you have to deal with. And I've got loads of guys who have got a solution that's perfect for you.
0: That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's such a, And not only are you clearly passionate about it, but uh, it's also great for business because you are... Uh, you're you're giving so much more to your customers than just social yeah. media stuff, you know?
1: And it's practicing what we preach. I tell my clients, you need to be seen not only as the authority in your field, but the facilitator of the conversation. It just leads yeah. you to a higher level. Um, and it's kind of putting my, my money where my mouth is, and being like, okay, well, Halston Marketing, we are the facilitator of the conversation around regulatory technology because so many of our clients have to deal with this, um, and we're super into high tech stuff, so it just is, a, 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 you know, a match made in heaven for us.
0: Yeah, I'm actually writing that question down. How can we be the facilitator of the conversation? Because I think if you put if any business puts themselves in the middle of that, um, then yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'd like to do what seems like a jarring segue, um, but I'd like to talk about flying. Mm-hmm. So have you always wanted to learn how to fly?
1: Um, I used to go up with my dad in his hand glider. So the most rudimentary form of flight um, <laughs> where it was just a, a, an aluminium, aluminium frame. But,
0: when you know, are a kid, what, what do you remember yeah, about it?
1: When I was really young, uh, but really uh, early memories of that. Um and my dad used to talk to us about thermals and about the weather and how um you know he, he gave me that first insight into sort of the physics of flight um and why most of the time we're on the ground and why jumping off the side of a hill but into um a into a, a thermal um gust of uh, wind or using um certain angles of attack on um an aluminium frame could allow you to effectively fly at least for a short amount of time
0: wow so does that that just lie dormant in you then for a a couple of years
1: it's not the most it's not the cheapest activity (laughs) um i have to say so you know looking at like aircraft was always so interesting. And uh, honestly, the aerospace industry, I'm not going to go back into manufacturing and like the cool technology that's been implemented, but <laughs> oh my god, the aerospace industry is <laughs> so cool. Like Rolls Royce, what, what they're doing with some of the, the new jet engines, they've got some of the most efficient jet engines that they've ever, um, that they've ever produced. And that's all down to like a uh, nanotechnology. Wow. Well, I won't go into all that but, um, yeah, the, the aerospace industry in general is so interesting and I have always had that um, penchant for aviation, um, but it was sort of this year where I realised, you know, if if, if I'm going to do it, I may as well start doing it now. Uh, there's nothing really stopping me, so I, I signed up to be a member of, um, Sher Sherbourne Aero Club. In, in- and
0: was there like a catalyst or is it just something that's been on your mind and you said, oh, sure, I'll just do it now?
1: I actually got um, like a test, like a taster um, at the Aero Club for my Christmas last year. And it was about May that I ended up doing it. And I was just like, oh my God, I need to be doing this all the time. (laughs) Um, Because I'm not going to sugarcoat the fact that actually when you're running your own company, it's not always a stress-free life. (laughs) Um, Entrepreneurialism is not necessarily for everyone. I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, But it doesn't come without... um, the, you know its own stresses um, and when I first did my, f- my flying lesson for, for the taster session I came out I came away obviously thinking oh my god that was so cool I saw North Yorkshire I actually flew over Drax power station which <laughs> is the <a> coolest <good> thing <laughs> anyway and um, I came away thinking do you know what for the last hour and a half I thought about I, it was the first time in two years that I haven't Constantly thought about my business and what we're going to do next, and clients, and and all that stuff. And I thought this may potentially be the you know release that that I'm looking for that can allow my mind a little bit of space that it needs.
0: That's lovely. And uh, do you remember, or have you had a, 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 a sc- any scary moments, or what was your first scary moment?
1: No, it's not scary. None of but scary. It's all great. <laughs> You know, you've got an instructor there with you and every plane is dual controlled. Like there's nothing that could go that wrong. Um, and no, you just, you don't have time to be afraid. You've got to do so many checks. You're not just sitting there doing nothing. Every single second of flight is looking at every single dial on that dashboard and there's a hell of a lot of dials um, and just checking everything constantly. You just don't have time. You don't have time to think, oh my God, I'm flying at 4,000 feet. You just can't. Because you're so busy flying the plane.
0: That's brilliant. And so like so you have now you have this kind of new overhead view uh, of life and of your business. So what what is flying what has flying taught you about yourself?
1: Um I think that it Looking at the the world from above and putting everything into perspective, seeing the uh, cooling towers of drax power station from four thousand feet and driving past it and it looking absolutely gargantuan um it really puts everything in, into perspective. it gives you um moments of clarity i'm flying over west yorkshire where where i'm looking down at where all of my concerns and daily troubles and and issues all lie. But actually, those things are just so mundane and everyday that you, you really need to look at the big picture a, a lot more, um, and you're kind of forced to when you're looking at it from above. And, um, yeah, just a, a great sort of sense of, of clarity that you get from from being um, just so high, high above all of those problems. It's a, it's a great sense of, um, freedom and and relief actually
0: that's brilliant i was supposed to bring it back to our theme of um doing the opposite of what everyone is doing as well you know but by getting up high gaining that perspective you can kind of maybe get a view of the world and kind of uh, see which way to go or which or which way the crowd is going so that you know not to necessarily follow the crowd
1: it also gave me um i, I feel like every single um experience in life gives you something that you can do something with. Um, And I was in a review with one of my um, members of staff and um, we were talking about communication in the company and I said to her, look, when I'm in the cockpit and I've got my uh, co-pilot, every single second you know who is in control because it's a pilot thing and you need to know who's in control at every single moment. So uh, when he says, you know, Oh, I'm going to take up to 4,000 feet. I have control. I say, you have control. And then I I say, Oh, I'm going to um, make a left turn. I have control. He says, you have control. So it's like, you know, in a kitchen where you say, yes, chef, (laughs) Um, you have every single time you change control. You say, I have control. You have control well wow. and i use that um as an example with with my staff to say we always need to know who is in control and if you don't know if you know there's a client piece of work sat there in the ether of holster marketing and you don't know who has control of it they don't know then it becomes you know it it falls through the cracks so we need to be like a, a really uh, tight-knit team like two pilots are where at every single second we need to know on every single piece of work who's in control. And it was just a great analogy that I just sort of made up at the time and I was like, oh, that's really good, actually. I'm going to use that uh, more often. <laughs>
0: that's brilliant. I think it's a great place to end, Georgia. Uh, thanks for your time. Do you have any parting words uh, for our audience?
1: Um. Red Tech is the new rock and roll. <laughs> it was um, a quote from Mark at uh, Record Shore um, in our very first event, and I have maintained that from him. Um, you should
0: get t shirts made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would wear one. I don't think I could convince very many other people to.
0: Just have um, the words rock and roll really big and uh, the Reg Tech stuff a bit smaller. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and, yeah, you know, keep, keep an eye out for this. Keep an eye out for this stuff and, and have more open conversations uh, within regulated industries around the issues that people are having and how we can use technology to to make those things more efficient.
0: Brilliant. No, I think there's a lot of takeaways um, for uh, our listeners in terms of how they can think about marketing for their own business, but also how uh, we can think about uh, serving our customers uh, our insurance customers by thinking about risk more broadly and uh, how we can help our clients manage that. So thank you.